You are listening to the Reality Steve Podcast with your host, Reality Steve. He's got all the latest info and behind-the-scenes juice on Tasha's season of The Bachelorette and interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. Now, here's Reality Steve. What's up, everybody? Welcome to podcast number 207. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. Got a great show for you this week. It was supposed to be last week's show. Pushed it back a week. But uh, we've got, for the second time on this podcast, been a couple years since we had them on, Tara Ariano and Sarah D. Bunting. You know them uh, from their podcast, Again With This, the Again With This podcast. They've written a book. A very special 90210 book, 93 absolutely essential episodes from TV's most notorious zip code. You know I'm a 90210 homer. I love the show. Uh, We get into the book. We get into the series. We get into how I'm introducing my niece to this series. I'm sure a lot of you will be disappointed in me when you hear how I got her into this, but whatever. Um, but we have them on here for podcast number 207 coming up in a few minutes. I do want to address a couple things from yesterday's column, what you're going to get in today's column as well. So first off, Instagram Live with Ashley Spivey. We're going to do it tonight after the episode ends on the East Coast and Central time because East Coast and Central watches the show at the same time. It's on at 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central, so... At 10 o'clock Eastern tonight, we're going to do our live to talk about the show and then everything else that uh, revealed uh, in yesterday's podcast or in yesterday's column, uh, the spoilers for Tasha's season. If you haven't seen those, go check them out on realitysteve.com. Um, so Ashley and I are going to do it. Last week, a lot of you asked. It was my favorite one that Ashley and I did in the five months we've been doing Instagram Lives. And it was the only one that did not save for whatever reason. I did the same thing I do at the end of every IG Live with her. I hit end story. It says, would you like to save? I click yes. I label it. And I post it to my Instagram story. And it saves on my IGTV page. IGTV page. It didn't last week. I don't know why. I hope this isn't a recurring thing. But I can never know it's going to save until the end of the show. So I guess all I can tell you is try and tune in live. Um. Last week had nothing to do with anything other than I think there was just a glitch in Instagram and it didn't save for whatever reason. I hope that's not the case going forward, but I'll never know that until the end of the show. So watch it live tonight if you're in Mountain or Central and Pacific or Pacific Time and you haven't watched the episode yet. I understand you not tuning in. I get it, but uh, we're going to go live right when the show ends tonight. So be prepared for that or a minute or two after so I can get set up and whatnot. But yeah, that'll that'll happen tonight. And if you do miss it and you're on the West Coast or Mountain Time and you want to watch it later, assuming everything saves like it usually does, it'll be in my IGTV stories like all of them have been except for last week's. Just go to my Instagram page, click on that little TV icon, and all of our past lives are saved there. I say that to you. I've said it to you numerous times on the podcast, but five times a week I'll get, hey, I didn't. I, I missed the show tonight. Where can I watch it? I mean, it's just I don't know what else 
I, 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 I can write it, I can say it, but I guess I'm going to get to ask that no matter what. The other thing I want to get into, and if you just don't want to know, you can tune this out right now, but um, just real quickly going over tonight's spoilers for tonight's episode. Not only are you getting tonight's spoilers in this podcast, you can go to my site and read them on realitysteve.com. You could see them in my Instagram feed as I'll post a column that says Claire episode number four spoilers, not a column, but um, photos of uh, tonight's episode spoilers, and I'll even have them in my Instagram story. So there's four ways to know what's happening on tonight's episode. So I'm going to go through this real quick because you'll have other ways to get to it. So you can fast forward to this and just get to the interview or whatever. Um, So the episode four spoilers tonight, it starts out Chris Harrison um, in a conversation with Claire and the conversation that they've teased all year where he sits with her and says, you know, you've blown up the bachelorette. Basically, Chris is telling her the show can't continue like this. It's not going to end well for both of you. Um, the guys can see what's going on here and asks Claire what she wants to do. And she basically just says, I want more time with Dale. And so Chris goes and tells all the guys, hey, um, not going to be a roast ceremony tonight. There's not going to be a cocktail party. And then pulls Dale aside privately, and Dale says his feelings strong for Claire, too. Uh, And he wants more time with her. He's excited to spend more time with her. So um, Chris gives them a one-on-one date. Uh, They have dinner, and then they get a private concert with Bree and Chris from Listen to Your Heart, the winners of Listen to Your Heart. And then Claire and Dale uh, spend the night together. You've seen that quick clip in the promos of them in bed. That's from this date. I think one interesting thing for all the people that say Claire and Dale were talking before the show, and I guess people are going to believe that if that's their narrative in their head. Nothing uh, I say or anything they say, and even Claire you know, denies it on the episode tonight that they did. Um, uh, one thing that she did tell Chris Harrison during that talk was – she revealed that during quarantine, you know, she was watching Dale's Instagram stories. And on Mother's Day, she watched Dale give a tribute to his mom on his Instagram story. And it really, I don't know if that was the main thing that was just like, wow, I'm into him. But she said it really, you know, kind of resonated with her or whatever. Um, and he also talked in his past IG stories about during quarantine that Claire uh, watched about his sister being in a in a care facility. And since... Claire's mom is in a care facility. She says she always felt that she could relate to him, even without knowing him or, or speaking to him. So that played a little bit of a role. And you, you hear stuff like that, and you're just like, okay, I kind of get it why the second he walked out of the limo, he was her guy. And that was that. Um, so they have their date. Next morning, Chris Harrison comes in, talks to Claire. Claire tells him they're in love, and they want to be together. Claire then talks to all the remaining guys herself, says she found what she's looking for with Dale. The guys, you, you know, you guys are all great. I just don't want to lead any of you on, et cetera, et cetera. Guys say they understand. Um, they thank her uh, for telling them and uh, basically like, hey, go go get your guy. Or, I mean, you've got your guy. This is what you came for. Good for you. Um, Kenny is the only one that kind of brings up an issue, and that's when you get Claire's line of, I will never apologize for love. Um And then Chris talks to both Claire and Dale again. Claire says she feels uh, ready for a proposal. Chris then goes and talks to Dale and kind of like, hey, you've done everything right here. Uh, Last step is to get engaged. 
So they get Dale a ring, and later that night, Dale proposes to Claire uh, out at La Quinta, and they are still engaged uh, to this day. Uh, Then Chris has to go tell the 16 remaining guys, hey, your journey is not over, but you have all day to decide whether or not you want to show up for the cocktail party tonight. But the thing is, it's weird. He doesn't specifically tell them, hey, here's the deal. I'm bringing in Tasha, or I'm even bringing in a bachelorette. He doesn't even say anything. He doesn't specifically tell them that, um, or he even hints that maybe there's a paradise situation. He just tells them they need to decide whether they want to stay or go, which seems really stupid when you don't tell them, well, what are our, what are our fucking options here, dude? <laughs> but that's what happens. Uh, all the guys, obviously, show up for the cocktail party not knowing what the hell's going to happen. Chris Harrison goes outside. This is a clip that we've seen of him waiting for the limo to arrive. Tasha gets out. They have a brief talk. And then the episode just ends as right as Tasha like opens the door to walk into where the guys are sitting at the cocktail party. And that's how the episode ends. So we don't even get dates from Tasha tonight. We don't see her interacting with any of the guys tonight. That'll all happen uh, when it's back to Tuesday's episode. I'm sure that's we're going to see them all meet. Um, so that means we also don't see the four guys that were not that Claire never met and that were just brought on for Tasha. Montel Hill, Noah Herb, Pia, Peter. Uh, Gianni Kapalos, I think that's how you pronounce his name, and Spencer Robertson. So they we won't be seeing them till Tuesday's episode. And uh, so yeah, so that's where we're at. Those are the spoilers for tonight's episode. That's pretty much all you uh, need to know. I mean, obviously I don't have every single detail about it, but the gist of what you're going to see tonight. Obviously, no rose ceremonies, no eliminations, no dates outside of Claire and Dale's like final date. So, yeah, it's not going to be uh, – I don't think my recap's going to be four pages long either just because not a hell of a lot to recap. But um, So that's what you get for tonight. Um, and then, like I said, after the episode ends, Ashley Spivey and I will be going live on my Instagram to talk about the episode, talk about the spoilers and whatnot. And uh, if you want to go, if you didn't know, I, I gave the spoilers to the ending of Tasha's season as much as I know at this point. Um I had a few people respond to me saying, um, well, what's going on? I'm just like, look, I'm, I'm just the messenger. You can't get mad at me. All I'm just telling you is, hey, this is what happened. At the end of filming of this season, she chose Zach Clark. They didn't get engaged. And I was told that when Brandon left, that was a big deal. And she was really into Brandon. Um, as for her, and the thing I don't know now is the status of her and Zach's relationship. I've heard some people, like I said, like I wrote yesterday, some people have told me they've broken up. Some people have told me it's very flimsy. Some people have said it's just not going to work. They're not, they're just, they're, they're too different. But I, I can't tell you what the answer is. If I knew what the answer was, I'd be like, hey, here's your spoiler. She picked him at the end. They're not together now. Or she picked him at the end. They are together now. I don't know for sure. I'm just telling you what I hear. You know, Tasha's season is starting. I figured the stuff I've known about for a few weeks, I'd fill you in on. I thought I'd have a more solid answer on. I was basically waiting on what their status was. I knew she had picked him about two, two and a half weeks ago is when I, uh, I mean, I'd heard it a, a while before that, but I'm talking about like when I always say like, I, I need to get it confirmed. I got the part about her picking Zach a couple weeks ago confirmed, but I've been trying to find out like, well, what's the deal now? And I just haven't been able to get a a solid enough answer. So I guess we'll see. But, um, you know, look, 
Tasha's not like any is no different than most bachelorettes leads that have been on the show. They want to come on to start a career in social media or in TV hosting. Um, but the bottom line is, I don't know what her, I don't know if she wants to be on TV and, and be a host or whatever, but you know, all you have to do is look at Tasha's Instagram page to know that she wants to be an influencer. Every single picture is basically her posing or her modeling something. So there's nothing wrong with that at all because most of them do that. But that's what she wants to do. She's a SoCal girl and she wants to be an influencer. Zach is a former addict. Uh, he's sober, I think, 11 years now. And the guy runs a sober living facility in New York. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, I, I, don't, I don't know. I have no idea what their arrangement is. I'm just, I haven't heard a lot of positive stuff. Not that she doesn't like him. Clearly she does. She chose him. And I know Zach is really into her. But in terms of this making it long term, it just seems very, very difficult based on their lifestyles. But who knows? Maybe they, maybe they will make it work. I don't know. Um, to me, it, I mean, and it really doesn't matter. But, um, yeah, that's kind of why I kind of threw it out there last week. Like, look, everybody that thinks that Tasha's is going to come on and save this season and it's going to be just boffo. I mean, it's just like, look, you've got your love story with Claire and Dale. You don't, it, you don't need a second one. If you get one, I guess, I guess it would be a bonus. But, um, yeah, I mean, whatever happens, happens. If I, if I find stuff out in the next, you know, five or six weeks before the finale airs, I'll, I'll fill you in. But. As of right now, I just haven't heard a lot of stuff. I heard that she was really into Brendan, and then he left. And uh, just kind of go from there. So, anyway. I've gone on long enough. 15 minutes, or almost 15 minutes. So, here we go. Um, podcast number 207. With Tara Ariano and Sarah D. Bunting. Okay, let's bring him in. Uh, we haven't had him on for a couple years. But a uh, very special occasion as as to why we're bringing them on here, because it kind of goes with the title of their new book. It's Tara Ariano and Sarah D. Bunting of the Again With This podcast, and they have a new book out called A Very Special 90210 Book, 93 Absolutely Essential Episodes from TV's Most Notorious Zip Code. Everyone knows how much I'm a fan of 90210, so we had to bring them on again. Ladies, thank you for joining me again. Thank you for having so us back. Um, I, uh, I, I want to first talk about the podcast because right now you guys are actually covering Melrose Place, uh, episode by episode breakdown of Melrose Place, but you are also including every week a deleted entry of, so are these, the, uh, the, cause for those that don't know, Beverly Hills 90210 ran over 10 seasons and had 293 episodes and you boiled it down in your book to 93. <laughs> so these deleted <laughs> entries are, are ones that just couldn't make the top 93 episodes. Yeah, we, well, we, we wrote, we made a list of a hundred and we thought let's, let's, let's make room for, you know, breakage. <laughs> let's give ourselves options. And even as we were going, we thought there definitely is not going to be a way that we'll get all of them in the original, um, proposal that we sold was for 90 because i think the idea was you know 9090 oh. and then they ended up having room for three extras so that's what that's why it was 93 and you know that worked out well too because they are the class of 93 of course of west beverly high school so so that was why that was why it settled at that that number okay um i think when looking over this book, and like I said, it's been a couple of years we had since we had you on. Last time, though, 
you know, you guys mentioned that you guys were working on this book. It was just released, and it's basically an encyclopedia of the show. I mean, anything you ever wanted to know about storylines, each and every season, each major character within that particular season, it's broken down. Uh, Sarah, start with you here. How long did this whole process take from beginning to end to do this book? <laughs> um, a lifetime? <laughs> The journey began October 4th, 1990. I mean, uh, I think really uh, writing it, um, and that's including uh, figuring out which episodes we were going to do, breaking down the workload between us, deciding how to sort of incorporate important characters who weren't necessarily showing up that much in the episode summaries. For example, in the later seasons, like Carly, played by Hilary Swank, kind of a big deal but like we barely met we barely mentioned her in the <laughs> recaps um and then we wanted to do some sidebar material like i did this basically forensic analysis of dylan mckay's fortune it took a day to do <laughs> our editors like so are there any of these sidebars and i'm like not that one you, yeah. you gotta leave that one it's the only thing my dad's gonna read um he did read it. He signed off on it. Um, so I would say that part of it, like in the main, took, I don't know, Tara, a year, less than that. Like we've been working together a long time and we're pretty efficient between ourselves. Um, but then there's just, you know, publishing stuff. It goes to the editor, it comes back, things have to be cut. You talk about that. Um so it, it seemed like a long process, but the actual creating of it, once we decided what we were going to do, it wasn't, it, it wasn't that long sort of on the ground. We did work really hard on it, though. I won't lie. <laughs> Tara? Yeah, March, I think it was like last March to last October pretty much was like the bulk of it. And then it was sort of revisions and cleanup stuff back and forth. Almost like through up, up to the summer, I think. Um, yeah. Before it was locked. What was the process of picking out the best 93 episodes? Like, was it, did you guys have debates of, Hey, no, that was not top 93. I, let's leave that one out. No, let's leave this one in. Or were you scrounging to come up with 93 out of 293 to consider oh. the top ones? <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. I mean, I, as Sarah said, we've been working together for Oh, at this point over 20 years. So we, huh? you know, <laughs> we, we kind of have a, we have a shared knowledge and it, it goes pretty smoothly. I think most of the time. And like when we, we, we each, I think we had a doc going and we just were adding to, I don't remember the process of actually making the list, but the, the bigger issue was how do we not make these 90 or a hundred episodes all from the first five seasons? <laughs> <laughs> That yeah. was the harder part. Um, in terms of like which episodes beyond that point, it was like th there are definitely some some very iconic ones that everyone remembers that that was easy. And then there's other ones where, you know, we knew that they had to be included for storyline reasons or because they had big character moments in them that, you know, readers might not necessarily remember until they got to them. And then it would be like, oh, yeah, the second time Donna got stalked, you know, <laughs> um, 
and and so the the after we got through let's say the you know the 30 easy ones it was a little bit harder but you know finalizing the list that was that that took almost no time i would say yeah agree okay so here's i mean i like so much of the book but here's two things that stuck out to me that i really liked i really like the color coded pages i think that's a yeah. great idea <laughs> because when you just you know have a book sitting down and you turn it sideways and you look at it from a whatever horizontal view, the 10 seasons are broken up into colors. So, you know, I, I guess people can use bookmarks or use the ear flap, but I don't have to do that with this book. I can just go to the certain color and it tells you what season you're on. So that's huge for me. Uh, maybe other people like using bookmarks. I just think that's <laughs> really cool that you can just turn and flip by looking at colors on the pages. The other thing was the fact that um, you only gave 40 pages to the three years after college like they so rightly deserved. Like, for, if, you, if people want to yeah, break down of this. like 17 pages too many, but yeah, we had to. If, if people want to break down of this, it's about 110 pages on the three years of high school, about 110 of the four years of college, and 40 on the, on the three seasons after college. So that's... Um, <laughs> I, and I think everyone will agree that watch this show. Um, those were the three worst years uh, by far. Uh, it, it went downhill after that. I don't know if you know this, but um, about a year uh, within the last year, I think it was right before COVID hit. I had, um, or maybe it was right during COVID uh, at the beginning of it. I had Larry Mullen on uh, the podcast and we talked for two hours. Uh, he was the executive producer and basically took over the four years of college, which as you know, by last podcast, I'm obsessed with, and you guys are obsessed <laughs> with high school. So yep. it was great having him on uh, to talk about everything. But he basically said after college, I, we all got fired. It was they brought in whole new people who didn't know the show at all, and they were just there to write dramatic television, and that's why the show, you know, went downhill. And you know, you guys know that by watching it. I think a lot of people gave up after college just because it wasn't the same show. When you did, you have to go back and rewatch any episodes to do this book, or was it basically a lot of well, because of your podcast, it was still somewhat fresh in your mind. Uh, it, it depends. Um, sometimes I was able to just listen to our podcast and, yeah. and catch up on it. Um, the way that we break down the plots in the podcast is uh, that's totally Tara's idea, by the way, and it's. <laughs> very helpful when you're trying to marshal your thoughts for something like this. Um, there were a couple that I, I watched, um, I rewatched bits of the episode to just confirm for myself that something had happened the way I thought it had, but we would go into such detail on the podcasts and in the visual aids that often just checking my work on that was enough to, give me a framework. And then there are certain episodes that I probably just, just from living my life have seen eight to 10 times and don't, I don't need to check like yeah. Donna Martin graduates. Like I don't need to check my work yeah. there. Um, speaking of work, I want to mention that the whole design team at Abrams, but especially the illustrator for our book, Julie Kane, genius, um, the, the color coding on the chapters, all the illustrations, that's all them. I can't even draw a stick figure. And I think it just looks so beautiful. The yeah. book, I'm, I'm very proud that we got to, we had that talent behind us for that. Yeah, it, it, it does. It looks great. Tara, you on this? 
I I rewatched every episode that I did a write up of. <laughs> oh wow! I, wrote, I watched every episode, then I listened to the podcast. I watched every episode, t- taking new notes, then read, then listened to our podcast, then wrote it. So yeah, I watched all of the ones that that I did. Wow. That's some serious mm-hmm. dedication. And like I said, the the episode breakdowns and, and the episodes you guys choose, um, it, it just, like I said, you, if you haven't watched the episodes, it's almost like you don't even need to if you have this book handy. But if you are following along, kind of like with your podcast, after some times that I've watched episodes, I've listened uh, to your podcast and just gone to that season and that particular episode to see what you guys had to say about it. And... You know, I, 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 I ask, because you went back and watched a lot of stuff, is there anything that you found, I don't know, interesting, forgot, uh, disliked the first time, but rewriting and rewatching it, maybe it changed your mind about that particular either storyline or season or episode or vice versa, you, uh, you did like it the first time and then you watched it again, you were like, eh, I don't know about that. Tara, you go first. Yeah, I actually um, the the big I choose me moment. That was one from the college years that everyone remembers. And yeah. even up to when we covered it on the podcast, my feeling about it was, you know, this is this is a betrayal of the compact between, you know, <laughs> soap opera viewer and soap opera creator. Like you don't get to choose you choose between these two guys this is how love triangles work. And then. After rewatching the episode and writing it up for the book, I I just I felt completely differently about it that both of these guys in that moment were being completely controlling of Kelly and that was the right choice. Fuck both of them. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh Sarah, how about you? Anything that jumped out at you? Um, yeah, I would agree with that one. I would also add, though, that the writing of I Choose Me, like in the next episode, she's sort of acting like she's surprised that she and Brandon have to break up. And he's like, you chose yourself, bro. <laughs> anyway. Yes, that's true. Yeah. The um, the thing that struck me going back to it um, just generally is that and I don't know if this is a function of his uh, untimely death or not, but I feel like Luke Perry was doing a lot more a lot better than I realized at the time and even rewatching it for the podcast but there were certainly moments researching the book by that point he had passed away and um, there were definitely moments where I was like man like he and there are a few people like that in the cast but like Kathleen Robertson who plays Claire for example but like just Luke Perry as Dylan McKay is like you're you're too big for you're too big for these pants. Yeah. Even though you have a 24-inch waist, you're still too big <laughs> for these pants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the, the the story I wanted to tell you was the fact that um, I have a uh, a niece that turned 16 um, in July. And because this show was such a huge part of, of my upbringing and, and my college years, because like I've said numerous times, their college... Uh, years that they were in school lined up with mine. I was a freshman in college when they were airing the freshman year of uh, uh, CU. So September of 93. And it just went along with my, my season. Uh, You know, when they, when they were airing the Halloween episode, it was right around Halloween of 1993 (laughs) for me. So it, it was very formative of, of my college years. And um, so I, 
when did I start it in COVID? I think I started in COVID. Yeah. When COVID hit, um, I told my niece, (laughs) it's crazy, but I told her I would pay her to watch the show because I, (laughs) you'd have to, I I think good uncle. Yeah. I, I, cause I know she wouldn't do anything. She's a 16 year old girl. That's going through that and going through all that stuff. And she wouldn't do anything unless there was some incentive for her to do it. And I was like, I think you need to watch this. And, However, you're going to be very disappointed in that um, I started her on freshman year of college. I didn't, I didn't do the high school years because I know how she thinks, and I know I, it just they were a little bit outdated for me. Not that there isn't plenty of outdated stuff in the college episodes, but I said, "Look, I will pay you five dollars an episode to watch this." <laughs> and um, we we started during COVID, and we would we would knock out usually four to six episodes during a sitting whenever she could come over and. We're right through the middle of junior year of college now. Once once she went back to school, because they are back in school, I, I basically we haven't watched since uh, August. But we got through two and a half seasons, and um, wow. she wants to finish it out. She's a hard read. I know she doesn't hate it because I know the money isn't. It's you know she makes one hundred and sixty five dollars a season to sit there and watch a TV show. I don't ask her <laughs> questions. I don't test her on it. Nothing. I just right. think she needs to watch it. And um, I know she doesn't hate it. Um, and here's the funny thing. So I asked her, I think when we got through se- the first season of college, I'm like, so what are your thoughts? Cause she had no idea what was going on back in 1993. Um, I was like, who do you like the best? And she's like, I think Andre is the prettiest. And she goes, I really like Donna. And I'm like, what the? I go, do you realize? <laughs> and I'm like, Hey, that's, that's great. I go, but I, and she's like, why? I said, well, you got to understand something. In 1993, I mean, if you were to poll every guy that watched this show, or probably even women, they'd probably have Andrea at the bottom of their list. And in terms of acting skills, Tori was at the very bottom. Like, it yeah. was just so funny she chose those two. Um, when I and when I'm sitting here back and rewatching it with her, and kind of um, and, and listening to your podcast at the time, I'm like. You know, there's so many things that you guys bring up during the episodes that I'm like, wow, this is it's a great point. Uh, it's stuff that we miss. So many cameos during the show. Were there any cameos? Uh, let's not talk about the Jessica Alba one real quick because we're going to get to that in a second. But any cameos that ever stuck out to you that were like, again, better than I thought or shit, that person was on 90210 Uh I mean, Baby Christina Aguilera, I think, was the one that when we I don't think we write about it in the book, but when that came up on the podcast, it was like, oh, my God, like, was there a point at which she would have had to be on this? (laughs) Like, (laughs) hasn't she always been too famous for this show's horseshit, (laughs) which and at that point, what was that, Tara, season nine? No, it was earlier than that, but not much. I mean, it was. Yeah, I think they were still in college at that point. I mean, I forget where we were in the um, ongoing nauseating Moebius that is the P-Pad ownership group timeline. But, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was the David years, which whatever, as if he could get Christina Aguilera. But, yeah, that was one where it was just like, wait, when are we? Because, yeah. like, you forget even the later episodes are over 20 years old now. Yeah. So that was a little that was a little disorienting at at times but like yeah i can't think of any i can't think of any others like definitely there were a number of um 
musical cameos that either just have not traveled or have gotten cut out because music rights issues or you're just like who who cares and they're just so you know as an as an actor teddy pendergrass or whoever that was is it you know is a wonderful singer it it was not him but you know yeah it like you could really feel the show straining to like and now the flaming lips and you're like what who is this for yeah yeah hmm um one of the worst episodes ever even in the good years uh in season three is she came in through the bathroom window where it's senior ditch day yeah and there's like a tremendous amount of like comedy stuff that like none of it really works but the the premise is that a girl named ginger comes to the peach pit and she's supposed to be leading a, a tour of like the burt reynolds fan club that's going to end with them all going to the premiere of cop and a half like this was obviously some kind of synergy at fox i assume but anyway burt reynolds himself shows up at the end of the episode and like it's only for a second and obviously he's like you know giving a two on the you know a scale of 10 effort but still <laughs> him and ian zeering in a scene like there's some magic there like there's clearly <laughs> Ian Ziering has borrowed a lot of like mannerisms and has the same kind of like weird charisma as Burt Reynolds that watching them in a scene together, it's like, they, it's too bad that they never got to do anything other than this. Cause they're not bad. Like their comic timing together was kind of fun to watch for that one scene. Um, so that was, that's one I remember pleasantly. And in terms of like, you know, before they were famous, uh, Eva Longoria in her very first ever on camera role as a flight attendant in an airport in season 10. Uh-huh. That was uh, wow. that was a uh, fun to spot. Well, the one that, the one that popped up recently uh, is Jessica Alba. Um, I think it was yeah. season eight. She recently went on a podcast and said, um, when I was on set in season eight, she was a person that was dealing with Kelly. It was, I was told to never look or speak to the cast. And every person in the cast has had something to say about this saying, we never said that maybe a PA told her that, but that was, this was never a directive on set. So I don't believe it happened. Not really sure why Jessica is trashing a show 20 years later. Uh, why she would even say that. Maybe she was told by a PA. I don't know, but everyone seems to say that's not true. Never happened. Um, but when I you, buy it. <laughs> yeah, there, Sorry. Yeah, there's Sarah saying, Jenny yeah, that's totally true. Was a Titanic bitch. Totally believe it. Um, is there, uh, when, and kind of going back to what I was saying about my niece, she, like I said, I, if it doesn't have like cell phones in it and Snapchat and Instagram, it's obviously something that she thinks is so outdated and doesn't understand how it was ever, how the world functioned without that stuff. So that's why I think, she uh, she likes it, but she probably would if I wasn't paying her. Not in a million years would she would she watch it. And I I wish she would be a little more into it uh, as I was. But I know that she kind of digs it because I don't think she really watches a lot of serialized dramatic television shows where there's a you know a continuation storyline of couples and uh, throughout the course of a of a season. And um, yeah, I mean. She likes it. Um, I'm trying to get her. I, I told her I got this book, and she's like, 
wait, but you've already seen the episodes. Why would you read the book? And I'm like, okay, forget it. You don't get it. You just, <laughs> you're just you never going to be. It's a 16-year-old that I'm dealing with. But it's, uh, yeah, she makes $160 a season to watch to, to watch a show and not do anything other than uh, 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 watch it with me. Um, when, I, when I'm going over everything and uh, when I've been rewatching the college years again, which have been a lot of fun, we just got over. We're about to have Kelly enter rehab um, in uh, j- uh, junior year of college. So we got the whole. Her name was Tara too, right? In the in the show, the, it was it was Tara. Tara, Tara that's right. <laughs> that's right. That, that's what's screwing me up. I'm like, is it Tara or Tara, the one that I, I that has the podcast? That's right. Yeah. Tara's coming up with um, trying to kill her in the car with the exhaust pipe. Yeah. <laughs> um, again, favorite episodes from college from either of you. Um, one thing I did want to say, Larry Mullen, when he came on, I glorified him for everything that he did on this show and the fact that they did, you know, the four college seasons were four seasons of 32 episodes each, which is, which is just unheard of in, t- in TV yeah. nowadays, which is crazy. I asked him about the schedule and he's just like, the schedule was nuts. I think the funny one of the funny stories he told me was the um, the whole Ray Pruitt thing, and I think we talked about this in the last podcast about how mm-hmm. in the off season, in between the first season that he was on, which was season five, yeah. um, basically Aaron Spelling came to him and said, "Donna is getting absolutely torn apart on whatever message boards. Uh, we cannot have this guy on the show," and he had just signed a contract for season six to last the whole season. And he goes, we had already been, I don't know, broken eight to 10 episodes on season six. And we're told this directive, we got to get him out of the show. And he goes, it was just a disaster. Jamie was such a great guy to work with. And, but outside factors told them to write him out. And they were already eight episodes into the season or something like that. And yeah, it wasn't, uh, it wasn't good, but college years, Luke, the Luke Perry, the 10 episodes of, of, of season six, uh, where he had the, Marriage to Antonia, um, again, probably my favorite arc in the history of the show. Would you have it in your at least top five of all arcs of any character in the 10 seasons? Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> okay, that's a no. I don't think so. I mean, it's not, it's not my I think favorite. my favorite college really? episodes are... Um, to do with the cult yeah <laughs> oh with so finley perfectly done and then it's over so quickly which is so dumb but um it, yeah it was just such a slam dunk to make fun of and the guy playing finley was so good um, oh so creepy i know yeah like i didn't mind antonia but then the way that was written after dylan comes back to the show was so all over the place that i just could yeah. never it... quite plug in i don't know about you tara yeah, knowing that the entire writing staff for the post-college years was, like, brand new explains a lot yeah. because, yeah. you know, we t- we definitely say that on the podcast because they, they certainly seem like they'd never watched the show before and now we know, oh, maybe they didn't. Yeah, like, no, they he just... said everybody was, everybody was basically canned after college and whole new Fox regime came in, whole new writers – Larry was gone. Chip Johansson was gone. Um, the other guy whose name I'm totally forgetting, that was a major executive producer. Uh, Steve Wasserman was gone. He goes, we were all gone. He goes, we'd ever, it sucks. But um, he he actually even said that Jason was coming after, 
he had he he was hearing rumblings that Jason was coming after his job to executive produce, <laughs> okay. and it, and at the time he got let go, he thought it was basically Jason, and he was bitter with Jason for a while. I guess they worked things out in the later years, but um, yeah, he goes it was it was not fun times. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I just I don't know. I I've always thought those ten episodes were uh, a great send off uh, for Luke at the time, but like you say, Sarah. Totally ruined it when you bring him back and you totally diminish that storyline with all the garbage that they brought back when Dylan showed up in season nine. It was it end of nine or is it nine when he came back? Beginning early, of nine. Beginning early of nine. nine. Yeah. Like the first third. Yuck. Okay. Um, so let's go to the high school years of you guys. And I can't remember what your answers were the first time around. So I'm going to ask it again. Start with you, Tara. Um, your favorite story arc of and even rewriting the book favorite story arc from high school that you uh enjoyed oh brandon's gambling addiction just kidding um it's terrible (laughs) and and which which gets by the by the way in junior year of college that gets brought up for literally one episode when they have like casino night at the peach pit and susan's getting all over him because he's yelling at her for more money and she's like calm down but yeah it started in high school with bruno and all that so yeah tell me uh but i know that isn't your favorite one uh, yeah, no. Um, I mean, the the summer of deception, like it's it's such a cliched answer, but they do they do pay it off well for for how long they stretched it out. Like it it wasn't consistently good the whole way, but I mean, the ending of it, you you really can't top. I hate you both. Never speak to me again. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 TV history for a reason. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, I'll say that. That one for you. And mm-hmm. Sarah? Uh, I think the same. Um, you forget, and um, I think I said this in, or we said this somewhere in the book, like you forget how long the summer of deception takes to get going with the like actual deceiving. But yeah. once it gets going, it really gets going. Is everyone their most likable selves in this? No. Um, should Brenda have just gone with Superman? Yes. <laughs> uh, when Superman shows up again in L.A., should she get a leg over that immediately? Yes. There, there are some minor dissatisfactions, but it's like it's the, you know, it's the er, um, it's the stereotypical like peak of the show. Uh, it's peak Brenda. It's peak Shannon Doherty's beautiful hair. Everything about it is great, even the parts where people are being pissy and unlikable. And uh, yeah, I mean, like it's classic. And whoever decided, like, let's just put this on in the summertime, which they'd done the previous year, but like they just doubled down on it with this. So smart. Mm-hmm. Do we have an answer? I, when last time you guys came on, it was right before. I don't know if it was right before, but it was because we started talking about the this this reboot or however they were going to reframe the 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 new Beverly Hills 90210, the one that aired for six episodes last summer on Fox. Sure. Um, we were speculating what it could be, and uh, you know, is this going to be the show twenty years later? No, it ended up being a fictionalized version of themselves trying to repitch the show to Fox. It got a little too meta and almost a little too confusing. I I happen to enjoy it, however. Um, do we know, and maybe you guys know this just being giant 902 and O fans, 
Is there still some sort of beef between Jenny and Tori and um, Tiffany? Is there a reason she could not make that reunion? I, I know that at the time she might have given an interview where she said, oh, my schedule is really – couldn't make our schedules work out. I was like, yeah, you could have if you really wanted to. Do you know of any beef that still lingered? I know at, at, at one point there was. Like Jenny and Tiffany did not like each other for God knows what reason. I think it was over a guy. But do we know why she never appeared in the reboot? I don't, I mean, I think everyone is pretty careful to <laughs> just be like, yeah, schedules wouldn't permit. <laughs> like, I, I just think, um, based on what little I know of Tiffany Thiessen at this point, I feel like she just doesn't have time for that. And uh, I don't blame her. <laughs> I I would not necessarily want to be on that set. I just couldn't I, either. Uh... For a reboot, like how do you have a reboot without Valerie Malone at least making a cameo or something? Like that made me think that there was still something up, but I didn't know. I didn't know if I had missed something. I trust me, I was googling furiously to find out if if there's something still lingering. But I, I guess I mean, not. I will say that as recently as whenever Jenny and Tori were guest judges on the 90210 episode of RuPaul's Drag Race, like they alluded to it, and that was not that long ago. That was not that long before the reboot so okay you know i don't know how careful they're being about (laughs) i think tiffany is being a lot classier about whatever went on and not getting into specifics but i don't think the other two mean girls are really (laughs) doing a super great job of hiding like that there was definitely static between them you know at the time do you have do you have any faith that this jenny and tori you know hints and teases that this could still live on um, uh, pitching it to somewhere else could end up ac- actually happening or no? I mean, if I think, I think if something were going to happen, it would have probably happened by now. I mean, it like it was yeah, canceled in November. <laughs> like it's, it's been a while. Yeah. It's been a year. Um, like, yeah. Hmm. Like they've, you know, they, they keep saying like, something's going to be coming. We're going to have a big announcement around the time of the, you know, anniversary. And I think the anniversary, the announcement was their podcast that they're doing. So that's what we get instead. <sighs> Boo. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> I want, I want something. I, I want something new. Like I, I know you guys weren't huge fans of whatever you want to call it. The reboot. Um, I mean, I thought it got better. Like it, it seemed like it was finding itself. I would have kept watching it if there was more. I just wished yeah. it had been a real, a regular show instead. So of you wanted like, it to be nine hundred two and oh twenty years later. Yeah. Yeah. Or just not. I think it finally was starting to figure out that there were certain things it didn't need to do to like cover its butt. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I didn't mind it. I thought Christine Elise's. Uh like unexpected star turn as the as the exec was badass i i loved that <laughs> i thought there were some funny aspects to it i thought there was some real stupid stuff <laughs> but i think they would have figured it out but it also was like uh i think people looked at the numbers and were like literally every person who would have watched this did watch it and it's not enough so the the one thing that I found interesting about it, or maybe I missed, was it seemed like <clears throat> every character on that show, 
the character that we saw on the on the reboot show took a certain aspect of their life since the show ended and used it as a storyline where you know you had David married instead of married to a movie star he was married to a pop star and um Steve had a younger wife that was uh you know from Playboy or whatever and Jenny going through marriages and and Tori being on a reality show but then you had Andrea thrown in there as now a lesbian did I did <laughs> Did I miss something or was that just this is what we're going to do for Andrea? Like I didn't know. I I had to again. I had to start googling. Wait, does on is Andrea is um Gabrielle in real life is she a lesbian? I didn't know. Did, did I miss something there or was that just storyline stuff? Um I believe I read that the the inspiration for it was partly that it's known that um Emily Valentine is kind of like a, you know, a queer icon, even though Emily is also not a gay character. And so that was what they decided to do with it. To my knowledge, Gabrielle Carteris is not, you know, queer or bi or anything in real life. She is, as far as I know, married to a man and has children. Yeah, that's what <laughs> so, I, that's what I, okay. Yeah, I just didn't know but, if I missed something. No, I think they were just, just having fun. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's settled. Uh, yeah, I I didn't I didn't realize that Emily Valentine was looked that way that as an as an icon, because um, a, a queer icon, like you said. Um, anyway, the leather hat. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. Um, one other thing about the uh, the book, when like you said, it took the the good meat and potatoes of it. You said about six months from March to I think you said March to November of last. Uh, November of last year or March to October. Um, was there any, like, the biggest struggle you had with the book uh, during the course of this? Was there anything that was like, man, this is just something we can't get over, you know, and either not fighting with publication, but just like a, a hurdle that was tough to overcome and you finally got it in the book or something that you really, really, really wanted in there, but it just couldn't make it and now you're going to cover it on the podcast. Sarah? Uh, no. Okay. Well, that's good. <laughs> I, I think everything that uh, is in there should be in there. I mean, again, we have worked together a very long time. There is a reason for that. Um, we are both crazers in certain ways, but the, in complementary ways. Um, so, like, I didn't really have a lot of writer's block struggles or certainly there was no, like, intra-author, like, this must stay in. I defy you. Like, that's just not how we are. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Maybe Tara being Canadian is privately that way. And I don't know about it. I don't think so. <laughs> um, and there was really no um, struggling with our editorial or like publication team either. Um, this was a pretty well-oiled machine until everyone kind of bumped into COVID. Um, so yeah, no, not really. I don't, like all the ones that we cut needed to be cut. I'm content with the sidebars that are in there. Maybe Tara is mourning something that got cut, but I I mean, I think the book that is is the book that was supposed to be. Yeah, I agree. Um we you know, we we edited each other first before we even sent anything on to our editor at the publisher. <laughs> so yeah. I think it it went pretty smoothly that way. And and you know, the nature of a book like this is that because you can chunk it up into so many little pieces like it's it's easier to manage the process that way too so 
you know, we could just have, we have mini deadlines and then our maxi deadline and it, breaking it up that way, I think made it easier for us conceptually to just hit those, those smaller milestones and get through it when we needed to. And I don't, I don't think we missed deadlines. It was, it went, it went pretty smoothly. Since yeah. it, since it came out, have you heard from anybody from the show, whether it was a guest star or one of the main characters have in terms of feedback from it? No. Oh, <laughs> no. oh man. No. Not yet. No, not yet. I don't, think but... <laughs> I don't think that'll happen. I think there are a few people mentioned in the book who aren't actually necessarily able to read. <laughs> <laughs> Vincent Young. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know. That's not who I meant. That's totally what I meant. I, uh, I, I got Sarah a uh, congratulatory cameo from Ian Zeering, but I didn't send him a copy of the book, and I have no reason to think that he read it. You gave Sarah a cameo from Ian? How did, uh, yes. Oh. Yeah. And it did, and he, not thinking that or knowing that he has any idea of who you guys are, or he did. Did you tell him, hey, we wrote a book about you guys, but can you give yes. this cameo to my friend? I gave I gave him that information. I said we do a podcast. We wrote this book. Yeah, and then yeah. Sarah Sarah volleyed that one back with a cameo for me from Thomas Calapro, which was amazing. <laughs> so we're keep I'm keeping it going. Really? Yeah. Okay. So the the cameo uh, the cameo prank wars escalating. <laughs> so those are the only two um, in the nine hundred two one zero Melrose Place genre that you guys have given cameos to each other of. So you got. Uh, Tara, you got one from Michael Mancini, and Sarah got one from Steve Sanders. Yeah, yep. <laughs> New Jersey zone. Yeah. <laughs> I oh, I got to see who's going to be the next one. I think. Let me let me make let me let me add a little input here. Let's say um, I think one of you absolutely has to give one to the other about from Jamie Walters for sure. If he is on cameo, on, again, fewer of them are on cameo than you would expect. I'll say that. Really? Yeah. Okay, yes. I haven't looked. Do we know? Do we know from the main people who's on it? Yes. Okay. Yes. What main people have one? Uh, Brian Austin Green, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and <laughs> Tori Spelling, and that's it. And Ian Zeering, that's it. So Ian Tori and uh, and Brian, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of Brian Austin Green, have you been following his life in the last few months by any chance? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh-huh. Um, like oh, what? Like watching his Instagram stories and stuff. Um, Have you seen those? Do I watch his stories? I think so. Okay, so you've seen like, hey, I'm building a chicken coop, and yes, this is... yes, I have. <laughs> <laughs> and and one time, one time he did a live where he didn't know how to do a live, but he kept talking for the first five minutes about. Is this how you do a live? And then he would take oh. questions. And did you see that one, Tara, by any chance? No, no. Oh Lord, um, <laughs> I feel um, something is off right now with it. And look, he's not I, doing great. <laughs> I will say he he had a birthday party for one of his kids where like all of the adults were, I'll say, standing very close together, and I I may have made a mead comment, and he <laughs> calling it a super in parentheses spreader event and um he deleted it <laughs> oh really <laughs> but he hasn't blocked me um yeah and look i i understand he's going through a divorce and not only yeah. is he going through a divorce his wife seemingly moved on to someone a day later 
Um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I get it. He's, but there was stuff coming out of who he was. You know the you know the being seen with Courtney Stodden of all people. I mean, it's it's powerful divorced man energy that's like wafting off him for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's uh, <laughs> let's get Vanessa Marcel on the line and see if he right. I yeah. mean, I'm surprised she's not on cameo with the explicit goal of raising money that he is not sending her for their kid. Yeah. Yeah. And although Cassius with a K may have turned 18 by now, and this may be a non-issue. Yeah. I, I think but, that was the recent yeah. thing that I had, that I had seen about Cassius. Um, he is flailing. Yeah. Brian, not, not Cassius. Yeah. I <laughs> no, no I know Cassius is right. Yeah, I think, you know, Tara, you saw it, and just the whole thing of, hey, I'm building a chicken coop in my backyard, and this is what it looks like, and he was just so, look, if you got hobbies and you're proud of them, I guess, great, but it just seems like he's in a place right now that, I don't know, needs help. I. I <laughs> I I feel bad. For, I I feel bad for the guy when I watch his Instagram stories. Is basically what I'm trying to say. And, I mean, um, I feel that his Instagram stories are bad. I don't necessarily <laughs> feel much pity for him. He's he's made some bad choices in life, and this is where they get you. Is my general feeling about it. But yeah, I mean, in terms of his Instagram, like. Tiffany Thiessen also has chickens. You know, it's called curating your feed, my guy. Yeah. Put, some, put some editing choices into this. Yeah. We don't need or to like, see your also, entire process. You're an old now. Get your kid or one of his friends to show you how to do the live. Yeah. Before you do, and then he's like at 90 degrees. You're like, oh, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no, my yeah. like my dad would be better at this, and he's seventy eight years old. <laughs> Come on, and you know, like uh, like you mentioned, you know, someone like Tiffany, who I think when COVID started, she had a very fun and just her and her husband on their Instagram mm-hmm. feeds were doing those draw something in sixty seconds things. That, yeah, I mean that was it was highly entertaining stuff. I enjoyed it. Yeah, they're very cute, and, and yeah, she's great, and I just. I don't know. I kind of just want the whole gang to come back together and accept Valerie Malone back in the group, but it doesn't <laughs> doesn't look like it's going to happen. Yeah, but the, as we keep saying in the book, like the thing about Valerie is she's better off without yes. them. She's better off. Does she need to move back to Buffalo in real life too? Is that where she needs to go? <laughs> move back into the old home? Well, let's not go crazy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> no offense, Buffalo. Yeah. Sorry, Buffalo. Plus, she came from a house where, um, unfortunately, in uh, Buffalo, uh, she was molested. Her mother knew about it and didn't say anything. And uh, she finds that out during the course of, uh, I believe, senior year of college. I'm, I'm coming up with that with my niece. Uh, I get, she's got to be prepared for that uh, when we find out about Valerie's backstory. Um yeah, that's the underground bomb that just keeps detonating in different sweeps periods to the point where, like, talk about the writing staff not knowing what the previous regime. It's like this telephone game that they're like, so wait, she actually murdered him? It's like, no, it's a metaphor. Okay. Right. <laughs> well, remember how many episodes started out with that black and white, looked like a high school play thing where she's laying in bed uh-huh. and she's. Oh, God. I'm just like, it, it seemed like every episode was starting off with that. And I'm like, okay, how long is this going and where is it going? I mean, 
yeah, we know he she killed her dad. Um, or we started to understand, like, oh wait, maybe she was the one that killed her dad. She didn't find him dead. And then it's like, oh wait, not only did she kill her dad, there's a reason she did, and it's not good. Um, <laughs> and then it seemed like that. It, it almost seemed like that storyline played out when they did the spinoff, and you know, Melrose Place essentially a spinoff of of Nine Hundred Two and Oh, not with the same actors and actresses. But when Thornton Corn, Thornton Corn, uh, when Courtney Thorne Smith, uh, when she leaves Billy at the altar, and because the day of her wedding, she realizes, oh wait, my dad molested me when I was a kid, and yep. runs off. I'm like, oh wow, that's right. That was pr- pretty much a ripoff of the Val- Valerie Malone story. Man, mm-hmm. where where are you guys at right came, now on the? Um, I think that came first. Oh, that came first. I think. Or they were contemporaneous. I okay, they, yeah, they might have been. Um, I think that came first, actually. Oh, okay. Well, then props to Melrose Place for coming up with that first. Um, <laughs> uh, on the Again With This podcast, where are you guys at right now with Melrose Place? And, again, something that's happening right now that you're covering or that you did cover? Because that's one I, I watched when it aired, but I have never watched a re-episode of any of those episodes, I don't, I don't think. Um, where are you guys at right now with your Melrose Place recaps? Oh, buddy. <laughs> oh, whose turn is it? Oh, sorry. Me? I should have I specified. My bad. Well, Either this, one. This week, as we're recording this podcast with you, Steve, yeah. uh, the episode that dropped is one of the best. Um, Kimberly comes back from the presumed dead. Oh, awesome. And starts raising hell and lets everyone know she wasn't dead at all and then goes into the bathroom at the very end of the episode, seems to have a terrible, terrible headache, and then... Pulls off that wig and she's got a huge scar on her head. And uh, yeah, that's where we leave it and everyone goes crazy. This is also the episode where they start setting up, speaking of spinoffs, the spinoff Melrose uh, Models Inc. um, Mm -hmm. with a bunch of models plus Amanda's mother, Linda Gray, who's in the show, Hillary Michaels, the head of the agency. So a lot going on in this week's episode. I think even the average viewer of Melrose Place, if you were to tell them, I, I I think I would fit that mold perfectly. If you were to ask me, what's the seminal moment of Melrose Place? What do you remember the most? Um, the wig pulling and the giant scar on Kimberly's head is absolutely number one. And I'd probably mm-hmm. say the Courtney Thorne Smith um, leaving Billy at the altar and finding out that her dad molested her was probably number two for me. Yeah, we're yeah. not far off from that. That's like t- in two weeks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, that happens that soon after the after the scar on the head episode yeah, I don't oh, wow. timeline either yeah wow i guess the only other one i remember would be the bomb when they bomb melrose place which uh i remember at the time fox had to um i think they had to uh, i think they had to alter it because it was right after 9 11 so they didn't no, want to show was, was it not that or what was it no, nine eleven happened after Melrose Place was off the air. It was around the time of the Oklahoma oh, City bomb. Oh, the Oklahoma City bomb. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, yeah, so that's probably the three that I remember: bombing of Melrose Place, Kimberly Scar, and Allison's leaving her Billy at the altar. Did they ever end up getting married? I don't even remember. Uh, I don't either. Oh. I, I actually don't either. I do like one of the other um, iconic moments is when another wife of Billy's or wife prospect um, played by uh, what's her name? Charlotte York 
Kristen Davis. City. Thank you. Why can't I ever come up with the Davis part? Anyway, she's like, right. Her ghost rises out of the pool of the complex. and is like, Billy, like in. Oh, like in that's a, right. Yeah, oh, so yes. It, I mean, it's like so campy by that time. And then shortly after that, most of the main original cast was like, yeah, I'm set. But I mean, <laughs> Jack Wagner leaving bicuspid barks on the scenery in every episode is also a pretty good time. So there's lots to look forward to. And uh, we hope yep. that your listeners will come over and join us because we have a good time. Yeah. Check it out on the Again With This podcast. You hear them recap episodes every week and they're throwing in deleted entries uh, from the book, a very special 90210 book, 93 absolutely essential episodes from TV's most notorious zip code. Tara, Sarah, thank you so much again uh, for coming on. I love the book, and I'm telling you, I'm going. Uh, it's going to be linked to in my um, in the post uh, when Yay. this podcast goes thank up. So, so anybody much. who wants to buy it on the spot, just go to my site. I'll probably also have it in, uh, linked to in the um, in my Instagram story of it when I send this out. So again, you guys, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It's always a a fun time with you guys, and uh, I'll send you an email when my niece and I. Oh, by the way. I only told my niece, we're only wa- you only have to watch the college year. Just watch four years of college with me. You get paid $160 per season that you finish. You don't need to watch 8, 9, and 10. You're not going to want to watch them. I'm not going to make you watch say. them. <laughs> but um, and she, and she actually asked me, she's like, why? I'm like, trust me, it just it just went way downhill after college. <laughs> and uh, She should at least watch the, like, the second and third years of high school. I agree, the first year of 90210, you can skip it, but yeah. season two and three, there's good stuff in there. Yeah, and you know what? Yeah. And that's and that's junior and senior year of high school, and she's a junior yeah. right now. So maybe I will. Maybe once yeah. we finish college, I'll say, you want to watch junior and senior high school for them? Because now that you know like what happens to them in the end of college, then you go back to getting a little backstory. Yeah, maybe we could. I mean, I'm sure she'll be up for it as long as I pay her. Well, and then you should like give her a chance to, to um, assign you a show that you have to watch that she picks. Well, I've already, the thing is she doesn't watch a lot of TV now because she's involved in sports, but I, Mm. it's like when she was growing up and I was seeing her, I was watching all the, the, uh, (laughs) the, um, the the Disney shows that she was watching. That's the problem because I, right. Oh no. Yeah. The uh, sweet life of Zach and Cody. Oh yeah. Austin and Allie. uh, Oh yeah. All those. Um, yeah. iCarly. iCarly. Oh yeah. No, you, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. So yeah. Sure do. Oh, her and hers is, um, she's obsessed. And to this day still with, she's just a giant Selena Gomez fan. So wizards of Waverly place is oh, sure. like something she is obsessed about. So yeah, that's, that's also been something that I've seen a few episodes of, but, uh, again, uh-huh. you guys, thank you so much uh, for coming on. Um, well, and thank you I will, for having thank us, you. as always. We love it. You got it, and I will direct everyone uh, to purchase the book if you're a 90210 fan. This is something, uh, you know, put it next to your, if they if there are um, Encyclopedia Britannicas, if anyone still has a set in their house, this is something that you can just throw on the end of it because this is an encyclopedia <laughs> of one particular show that we all grew up and, and, and loved. So, uh, yeah, I'll definitely link to it uh, in the Instagram story and in the and, and in the website. So, again, thanks you so much uh, for coming on. Thank Appreciate you. it. You got it. Thanks. Bye. Thank you so much to Tara and Sarah for that. It was a lot of fun going down memory lane, talking 902.0. I can do that for hours on end. They've always been fun to have on the show. This is the second time they came on. They're always a high school 902.0 
supporters. I've always been more of a fan of the college years. So we'll always debate that. But um, if you haven't already, you got to check out this book. If you're a 90210 fan, this is an encyclopedia for 90210. It's called A Very Special 90210 Book, 93 Absolutely Essential Episodes from TV's Most Notorious Zip Code. You can find it on any place you can get a book. I have the link to it on Amazon, on uh, on the, my website today, on realitysteve.com, so you can just go purchase it straight from there. And uh, it's very nostalgic. It's The illustrations are great. The color-coded pages make it so easy to read. Um, just a lot of fun. And, you know, I'm Mr. Nostalgia when it comes to this show, and I love it. <laughs> the book is great. And you heard the story. I, I'm paying my niece to watch it. I think this is a show that even though they were in high school and college in the mid to late 90s, uh, I felt that my niece needed to watch this. And we are uh, about 20 episodes into junior year of college. And we started with the college years. Maybe I'll get back to the high school years with her. I don't know. It's going to be tough because she's a 16-year-old girl right now that does whatever she wants, Miss Independent. So it's been tougher to get her to watch. But, um, yeah, uh, it's been a lot of fun. And um, we'll see what uh, we'll see what the future holds in terms of. I, I already told her, look, once college ends, we're not watching seasons 8, 9, 10. We don't need to. You don't need to see that. You don't need to subject yourself to those embarrassment of seasons that they put forth uh, after they left college. It was just bad. And when you when I had Larry Mullen on back a few months ago, the executive producer of the show who left his last episode was the last episode of their college years. And he said, basically, yeah, we all got canned. And the show went in a completely different direction. It's like, yeah, no kidding. That's why seasons 8, 9, and 10 suck balls. They were terrible. So I might have my niece go back to watch the high school years because it had a lot of seminal moments. Don Martin graduates, all that stuff. But we'll see. Uh, we'll see. we got to get through the college years first. So thank you to Tara and Sarah for coming on. It was a lot of fun. I hope you all enjoyed that. Um, and like I said, later on tonight, Ashley and I, after tonight's Bachelorette episode, Ashley Spive and I will be going live on my Instagram. So thank you all for tuning in. Please rate, subscribe, and review in Apple Podcasts. And that'll do it for podcast number 207. Next week, back with number 208. So until then, I'm Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you next week. See you! <laughs>